Well, happy Mother's Day, moms. Uh, love you all, appreciate you, respect you. Uh, I think uh, I love my mom. I think, I, I know I love my mom, but, <laughs> but I think as I have aged, I love her, but the respect is, is for her has increased and the job that she did. And because um, now I'm one of those parental units and uh, I have to deal with stuff my mom and my dad had to deal with. And uh, I think the respect and appreciation for them putting up with me and all of that has, has, certainly, has certainly grown. And so I kind of look at mom a little, a little differently. So happy Mother's Day. On, on, this, um, on this Mother's Day, I'm going to talk to uh, moms and dads. I'm going to talk to parents. And in the context of the whole sabotage thing, I'm going to talk uh, about ways possibly that we as parents but not following biblical guidelines can sabotage our parenting, sab- sabotage our kids, sabotage our, our own lives. Because obviously if we sabotage our kids, we've sabotaged our own lives. If we sabotage our kids and don't do what we need to do for our kids, we've certainly made our own lives a lot harder by that. And so I want to I spend some time there. As a parent now for 18 years, um, I know that uh, parenting takes uh, much grace from God. Um, um, I uh, am constantly amazed at my own, uh, in my own flesh, my own inability to know what I need to do as a parent. I, after doing this 18 years, I think I know less about it than I did when I started. Um, and hopefully that's a, that is a um, sign of maturity. Uh, I, I think I know... I look at God's Word now and feel more ignorant about God's Word than I did when I started studying full-time 25 years ago and because it's so exhaustive. And, and uh, I think sometimes we feel that way about parents. I certainly don't feel after 18 years that I have this thing wrapped around my little finger. And I feel today more uh, in debt to the grace of God, His wisdom, His direction, His guidance, Him filling in the, filling in the gaps for me um, when I fall short than I ever have before. So... I want to talk through some of my own experiences as a parent and some of the things that I'm learning. And I kind of think I'm an average Joe, and you may be able to identify with some of this as well. I'm launching from a, a verse of Scripture that is familiar. Uh, I'm not really going to preach from that verse. I'm going to take some other things out, but I want to launch from this verse because it's so important to us. Because Proverbs 22.6 says that if we start children off the way they should go... Uh, depending on the translation, train up a child in the way it should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn away from it. Can I tell you, as with most Proverbs, that's not a promise. Proverbs, there are few Proverbs that are totally spiritual in nature that are promises. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and then the promise, and He will direct your path. That, that's a very spiritual Proverbs. But if you know anything about the book of Proverbs, you know it's not a real spiritual book in a lot of places. It, there's, there's a whole lot of common sense that's in Proverbs. This has some spiritual connotation, but it also has some very commonsensical spiritual uh, uh, connotation as well that could be used for unbelievers. Start children off in the right way. Start children off in the way they should go. What you instill early in a child, they will not get away from it. That does not mean that they will choose to walk in it. It's not a promise that way. Our our, our children have their own ideas and their children have their own 
will, and they will choose what they choose, but if we start them off in the right way, I don't think they can ever get away from it. And they, they may choose not to walk in it, but in some way, until I came to Christ, I was haunted by my mom and dad's teaching. I didn't come to Christ until I was 34. But until I fully committed myself to Jesus Christ, I was haunted by what my dad and my mom taught me. Now, 34 years, I was walking my own way and certainly wasn't choosing the correct path. But I knew the correct path. I knew it. I knew where I should be. And the only reason that I wasn't where I should be was my own free will. And the only reason I knew where I should be was because of my mom and dad taught me that. Okay? And I would have never admitted that, but I knew where I should be. I knew where I should be all along. So in my understanding, this is obviously can't be a promise because we've had plenty of, of situations in our, uh, we've seen that, that children have not walked into the ways of mom and dad. This is a general truth of the way things will go as the way the book of Proverbs usually is. Now I want to talk to you from that verse and kind of a springboard some things that we as parents need to know uh, to correctly parent. And, and this is obviously not an exhaustive sermon and all that kind of stuff, but just some things that I'm dealing with and some things that God is bringing to my mind of some things that are really, really important. So I don't sabotage my kids. So I don't sabotage myself because if I, sabot- if I make it hard on my kids, I made it hard on myself because if they're going through difficult times, then I'm going through difficult times. So I don't want to be my own worst enemy when it comes to, uh, parenting. Here's one thing you need to know, and you may be surprised that I start here, because when we talk about parenting, we always talk about correcting the kids and disciplining the kids. And if you really love the kids, you'll discipline them. All that's good, and I'll get there. But here's something that came to me this week as I was, as I was reading uh, that's, that's a whole, that's opened up a new world for me. And we have a new world as, parent, as, as parents nowadays. The world is different than it's, than it's been. I, I don't think kids... I hear people say, well, kids are just ornery these days. I don't think kids are any more ornery than they've ever been. I really don't. I, I, I think that the world has changed. I think temptations have changed. I think the culture has changed. I think what is accepted in the world has changed. And I think parents have changed. And I don't, I'm not sure kids, I think kids are kind of kids. But there's no question that the world has changed. Let me give you a survey that was done in 1946 to show you how much the world has changed. A survey that was done to teachers to, and asked teachers what the biggest trouble they had to deal with in the classroom. And these things showed up. This was 1946. Okay, now this is how the world has changed. Now, all, all of those things right now wouldn't make the top 100. So there's, there's no question that we parent in a, in a more difficult time, uh, I, I, I think, than my parents and our grandparents parented in. And I think that has to do with more of the culture and what is accepted in this world more so than the kids are just worse or whatever it may be and all that. All right, for you to know and for me to know, for me not to sabotage myself, one thing I need to know as a parent, 
I need to be very conscious. Listen to me. I need to be very conscious of my own sinful nature. Because when the Bible talks in the New Testament to parents, when the Bible talks in the New Testament to parents, there's only three verses that are directly related to parents. Excuse me, directly related to like child raising. Two of those speak to mom and dad. Two of those speak to mom and dad. And I have to be very mindful of mom and dad, of my sinful nature as I discipline, as I teach, as I correct, as I rebuke, as I do everything that a dad is supposed to do in that I have to be conscious that I, because of my flesh, I can do it in the wrong way. Because of my lack of patience, with a wrong tone of voice, with uh, an attitude that is, is all about Mark instead of all about the love for the kids. Moms and dads, first and foremost, let's be careful as we parent in the way that we parent. And that's what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 6, 4. He says to fathers, and he addresses this to fathers, and I could take a detour and say why he addresses this to fathers. But, but I, I think it's equally applicable. Fathers and moms, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. This verse on parenting... One, there's only th- two other verses in, in the New Testament. And it's directed to us as parents in the way that we parent. And I think I have to understand as a parent that I can deal with things because of a lack of patience, because of my flesh, because of my sinful nature, because that I have been disrespected. I can deal with things in a way that's not productive for the kids. And I think I have to be very careful in the way that I correct. Oh, do I have to discipline? Of course I do. Do I have to correct? Of course I do. Do I have to be aware of their sinful nature? Of course that I do. But I have to be very, very conscious of the way that I do that. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 that if I do that the wrong way, my children will become discouraged. So I just have to know how much that or how easy it is for me to go the wrong road and I'm not talking about going the wrong road I'm not talking about fiscal abuse that's a way down the wrong road and certainly could be included in this discussion way down there but I'm just talking about the way that I discipline and the way that I talk to them the looks that I give them the roll of the eyes the tone of voice that I use how I respond to them you know what I find, you know what I God brought to my mind this week <clears throat> Uh, I find myself being kinder to your children than I am to mine many times. I find myself talking to your children with a better tone of voice than I can talk to mine sometimes. And I get upset with my boys because when they disrespect me, and I said, you know, I'm the one that takes care of you. You treat other adults better than this. But I, it was brought, God brought it to me that Mark, are you being as kind and as loving to your boys as you are to your church folks' boys? I I think I have to be mindful that I can get carried away. And and if 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 I'm running by the seat of my pants in my parenting and not walking in the fullness of God's spirit and walking in his grace and walking in his wisdom my sinful nature can take over and I can discourage my children I can if do not embitter 
your children. Paul addresses in only three verses that, that has anything to do with child wearing, two of them are to us. And they don't say, make sure Levi obeys. No, he says, children, obey your parents. He doesn't say, Mark. Now, obviously, I'm deeply concerned on disobedience of my children. Okay, we all know that. But who's he talking to? In the same way, in the same way, the Bible says, husbands love your wives and wives respect your husbands. It doesn't say, uh, wives, make sure your husbands love you. And it doesn't say, husbands, make sure your wives respect you. It's who it's addressed to. And that changes the tone. That changes the whole thing it's couched in. So the first thing I want to say, which is kind of like an umbrella of everything else I'm going to say, I think I, I can be my own worst enemy. I can sabotage my parenting by not being aware that I may not deal with things right all the time. And I can let my flesh get a hold of me. And when my boys disrespect me, yes, they need to be corrected. But why am I correcting them? Am I correcting them because Mark was disrespected? Or am I correcting them because they need to learn respect in the first place in the home or they may not respect anywhere else in this world? Parents, Mark, Sue, we got to believe in our own sinful nature that may in some way take our parenting in a direction that it doesn't need to go. And I've been guilty of that, and my wife has been guilty of that, and we're ordinary parents, and I think we all can be guilty of that. Have a healthy respect for that and ask God to continue to come into our lives and continue to rub off all of that rough edges in our lives. Another thing, parents, is you have to be mindful of your, now you expect me to say this, but you have to be mindful of your child's sinful nature. And we're quickly saying, amen on that, aren't we? Because there is, there is folly that's bound up in the, your child's heart. I, I, I went on a Google search and, and went to unbelieving, unbelie secular Googles, places and secular websites about this understanding of a child's sinful nature. Oh, and they thought it was the word they thought it was the most stupid thing in the world. The only thing you have to do is build up your child's self-esteem. Now self-esteem is a good thing, but can I be honest with you about self-esteem? The only thing the Bible says about self-esteem and where our self-esteem should be is in a relationship with Jesus. That our biblical self-esteem is always related to a relationship with Jesus and who you are in Christ. Now, I don't want my boys to go around with their, you know, tail between their legs and not feeling good about themselves, but the, the whole concept of biblical self-esteem is in a spiritual standpoint of who they are in Jesus. My, my boys and your boys and your daughters, they inherited something from us. And we inherited it from our parents. And they inherited generations back from Adam. A bent to go our own way. A, a, a bent to do what we want to. We are not naturally obeyers. We, are not natu we don't naturally go the ways 
of God. We don't naturally make good choices. My choices naturally are to please me. My choices naturally are my way. And your kids inherited that from you. And you just allow kids to, to grow up and to make every choice themselves. And you obviously know where that's going to end up. You've read stories. You've Googled stuff. And you've seen stuff about and I don't know how this weird stuff happens. It always happens in third world countries and stuff like that. But somehow some little kid parents died or somewhere and he was just raised on his own and got raised by wolves or something. And they're feral kids. They, they walk like wolves. They, they, they bark like wolves. They don't, grow, they don't naturally grow up as respectful people. Children don't naturally make the right choices. Now I'm going to read you something that was written by the Minnesota Commission on Crime in 1926, almost a year ago. You're not going to like this, and I don't necessarily like it either because it kind of rubs against my sensibilities, and it would be laughed at by the secular world today. But in 1926, the Minnesota Commission on Crime did a whole study on children, and part of that study was this. Every baby starts out as a little savage. Don't you like that? Okay. He is completely selfish and self-centered. He wants what he wants when he wants it. His bottle, his mother's attention, his playmate's toys, his uncle's watch, or whatever. Deny him these, and he seizes with rage and aggressiveness, which would be murderous were he not so helpless. (laughs) Can't you just imagine? This was 1926. Can't you just imagine what the world would say to this today? But I guess one thing I want to tell you is... um, are we so much smarter today, 100 years, than these people were? And we may not choose the exact same words that these people chose, but there's a concept that this person's trying to get across here. And we may, we may smooth it out a little bit, and that may be right or that may be wrong. I don't know. <clears throat> He's dirty. He has no morals, no knowledge, no developed skills. This means that all children, not just certain children, but all children are born delinquent and the obvious thing is up it's up to mom and dad not to make that a delinquent child and as we leave that up to mom and dad which we all know I'm not telling you anything you don't know but we must be mindful that they're bent not to go the right way they'll make the wrong choice the selfish choice just like you and I would have made as well and I've got I've got to be aware of that and it's so it's so hard to do that because they're so cute i mean they're even cute when they poop and all that kind of stuff you know but you know what i did not teach levi at two years of age to say no where did he learn that mom didn't teach him that dad didn't teach him that he's too young to be to have a bunch of peer pressure teaching that but at two years of age no who taught Christopher to tell his first lie who taught him I didn't teach him his mother didn't teach him there's something in us there's something in us it's related it's talked about in a lot of different ways in God's word in Old Testament Jeremiah 17 9 says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure, and beyond cure. And maybe that's why Jesus came along 
thousands of years later in the New Testament, because our heart is beyond cure, maybe, maybe, that's why Jesus came along and said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Because left to our own devices. Proverbs 22, 15. Proverbs 22, 15 says, Folly, folly is bound up in the heart of a child. But the rod of discipline will drive it away. I've heard people say, well, this is these verses and verses like it say that you ought to spank your kids. Now, you choose what you want to on spanking your kids. That's not anything that I'm teaching today. But don't use this verse because Psalm 23, talking about the shepherd, says, Thy rod and thy, and speaking of the Lord as my shepherd, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God doesn't spank me. God corrects me. God corrects me. Rod, God corrects me. God corrects me. You believe your children should be spanked. That's an individual decision. But don't go, to a, don't go to the Bible and somehow say that the Bible teaches that this must happen when in other places rod is used in a completely different way. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but correction, discipline, instruction will drive it far away. Proverbs 29, 15. A rod and a reprimand impart with isn't that fascinating? Impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces his mother, sabotages his mother. We know that. What, 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 is, what, is, more, what is more hurtful and what is more depressing for a mother's life when her child has not turned out the way she wanted the child to turn out? And so we need to do everything within our ability to try to steer them the right road so they won't sabotage their own life and by action of doing that, will sabotage our lives as well. Paul talks about in Romans chapter... This is the man that opened up the whole Western world to Christianity. And this man in, in, in Romans chapter 7, verse 18 says, I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. I just wonder, for our children, many times they want to please mom and dad, but because of the sinful nature, they cannot carry it out. They struggle with carrying it out. Because there's something else that's warring inside of them that must be dealt with and they have to deal with that in their own relationship with God but we have to take that seriously ourselves friends um, there's sinful nature and I have to be aware of mine as I parent I have to protect my child against from the world I have to protect my child from himself. I have to protect my child from the enemy. And you know what? I have to protect my child from me sometimes and my sinful nature because I can correct and rebuke in the wrong way. And then I have to be aware of his sinful nature and that sinful nature that must be corralled. 
Can I tell you something? That don't, this don't, I know this doesn't sound very good. I know that. But my mama didn't trust me. Much to her credit. <laughs> when I got a girlfriend, my mama said that... Um, and I, I, I go to my mama and said, my dad, my dad was a big softy. He should have been harder on me, okay? But my mama wouldn't let, when I got a girlfriend, at, at, my first kind of really serious girlfriend at 17, I, uh, she says, uh, now you can't bring this girl in this house unless we're here. I mean, I guess you don't trust me. Well, she had every reason not to trust me. I wanted that girl in my house and with nobody there. Mamas are smart. Mamas are smart. Mamas weren't born yesterday. We, mamas are smart to know that I can't deal with temptation well. And I, especially at 17. And it's hard. It's hard to stay on your kids that way. It's, it's hard. It's hard for for Sue and I to, to monitor cell phone usage, the amount of time they spend on cell Boy, it would be so much nicer to put your feet up on the lazy boy and not worry about cell phone usage. It sees the parenting would become so much easier. If, if, and and, and, and there would be so much less conflict in our home if we didn't make our boys write down there's a limited amount of time and they have to monitor their time. And, and there would be so much less conflict in our home. If we just let that go with the wind. But we love our boys. And we know that that cell phone opens up a world for them that would have never been opened up to me at 17. And it's our job as parents to protect them from that world as much as we can. And we can't totally do that. We can't totally do that. So it's our job to get filters on the phone. It's our job not to let, not to let computer be in. We, uh, computer has to be in a public place in our home. It's, it's our job not to let them go in, a, in, in their room with their cell phone and they can just get any, attract, uh, look at anything on their cell phone they want to. It's our job. It's our job to take the jet pack where they get internet usage and take it when we go to bed early and we take it to our room. It's our job to make sure they, when we go to bed or before they do, they lay their phones on our dresser. And why do we do that? Because I couldn't be trusted at that age. And there's a whole lot less temptation that I had back then than open up that whole world of pornography that can be opened up on that phone. And to let my boy have a free reign of that is not loving him. Biblical love is not a feeling. I love him so much. It's an action. One more verse, Proverbs 13, 24 says... Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful, is careful to discipline them, is careful to discipline them. 
Another thing I want to be able to tell you that it's, I think it's really crucial for me and, and crucial for all of us is, is that parents, we have to teach respect in the home. And I, I think if our children don't learn respect in the home, the first authority figures in their lives... It's a natural jump for them not to have the respect on other places that they need to have respect for authority in their lives. They will always have authority. And somewhere we all have to learn to respect that. And is it learned in the home where the child has, the parents are the first authority figures for that child? If there's anything that can raise my anger and and get my flesh moving is when my boys don't respect me and and because there's long-term consequences for that bible says in proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 that the fear of the lord which is in a respect kind of thing at least has one connotation to it he says, it's the beginning of knowledge. Do you, do you wonder? Can, can, we don't need to be confused on why this world is the way it is. There is no fear of the Lord, and it's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the very beginning of it. And, and, I, and I've, I've told you a hundred times, just a few weeks ago, the story about when I went and prayed with that old sinner and he was a pagan, didn't believe in God, probably never ever going to believe in God, but when I prayed, he took off his hat. There used to be a universal respect for the things of God. Whether you walked in that way or not, you showed some kind of respect. Now, you don't go to heaven because you take your hat off when somebody prays. I know all about that. But why do we have the problem we have in our world today? Because It's just the beginning of wisdom. It's just the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. And do we we see that? But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. Leads to life. Then one rests content. Rests content. Paul says in Ephesians 6.1, one of only three verses in the Bible that has to do with child rearing. It's addressed to children. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. For this is right. For this is respectful. For this is the order of things. Now, some parents are nuts, and some parents are... I mean, I preached a message a long time ago on the, the, the fifth commandment on honor your father and mother and and i talked about being honor worthy parents let's make it easy for our kids to respect us and to be able to honor us it's right it's respectful it's the order of things children obey your parents and then we have the fifth commandment exodus 20 12 you've got 10 commandments the first four are religious they're spiritual the next six have to do with with relationships and working things out in the world like do not steal that's not even a religious commandment that's not that's just keeping yourself out of trouble it says how you deal with people and the first one on how you deal with people how you have a society you can't steal to have a society can't lie and have a society but the first one on how you have a society is number five honor honor the first authority figures in your home 
Because if you can't honor that authority figure, how are you going to honor the next and honor the next? Now, we see things in our world today that we've never seen before about dishonor that comes to law enforcement officials. And law enforcement officials are not perfect. And they're human beings, and they can mess up just like any parent can mess up. But as for me and my house, law enforcement will always get the benefit of the doubt. It is respectful. It is respectful. And, and if, if, if we don't teach that in the home, you, you, you wake up with some of the things that we're seeing today that you cannot even believe. Me, like you, have had my share of speeding tickets, and I've been pulled over several times and gotten tickets or warnings. I've never once had an issue. Some people say that's because of the color of my skin. It's not. It's because I was a yes sir, no sir person, and I was respectful. And when he asked for my proof of insurance, I said, well, I've got to reach over here and get it out of the glove compartment because I didn't want him to think I'd get something else out of the glove compartment. This is not complicated, friends. And it has to do with respect. And if it's not taught early, did you hear me say, I know police officers aren't aren't immune to making a mistake and they can get carried away and they got a sinful nature like the rest of us do. I know that. But to always get the benefit of that with me and in my house, because what are we going to do as a culture if we lose respect for law enforcement? Where are going to, we going to be as a culture? What are we teaching our kids? It's a, it's a culture. Where are we going? And that all comes under the respect heading. I can, teachers and everything. Man, I didn't have to... Man, I didn't have to worry about any punishment or discipline. I went, I went to school when the teachers could spank you. And I remember Miss Kratzer giving me wax in the third grade. But that wasn't... That, that wasn't anything like I got when I went home because I had disrespected her authority and they didn't want to hear my side of it. They didn't care what my side was. You respect the authority that's in that classroom. I remember as a first, second grader, I don't remember, we used to have school crossing guards. And now school crossing guards, they look to be adults. But back then, they were the bosses in elementary school, the sixth graders. They were, they were, they were the school crossing guards. And, and I remember one day, I, I don't remember anything on why I did this, but I, I evidently crossed when I shouldn't have. They told me not to, and so I crossed. And, and then later on that day in Miss Talley's first grade class, in walked that sixth grade uh, crossing guard and the principal. And I would have thought I was going to the electric chair. <laughs> because that was authority. But nowadays, <laughs> we do that to the detriment of our kids and society in general, friends. Parents, teach respect. Teach respect. And this last thing is not a biblical thing. I really tried hard to find a verse, you know, that could, <laughs> I could attach this to, and I couldn't. So this is not a biblical thing, so you don't have to believe it if you don't want to. It's just my opinion, okay? And, but, but, I believe, but I believe this to be true from 25 years of pastoring, from 13 years of being a basketball coach, and, and I, I just believe it to be true. 
but, it, but I, can't, I can't go to chapter and verse for you, okay? So you do with this what you want. But I, can I tell you from my own opinion, parents, don't start parenting too early. Your kids who are older, 17, 18, I, heard, I, I had someone in this church one time tell me about their 18-year-old, and it said, they said, uh, well, well, he's 18, what can I do? Do you pay for their cell phone? Do you feed them? Do they, do they put their feet under your table? Do they sleep in your bed? You know what? I found out it was a breeze to, pass, to, to parent when they were five and three. It was a breeze. Now's the hard time. And my sinful nature will want me to take hands off because it's hard now. Man, when I just had to just had to negotiate between a Lego argument. That's, that was breeze, man. That wasn't any problem. Now, and I think that last thing I said leads to this. When If our kids respect us, that even when they're 18 and 20 and 22 and 25 and no longer have to obey us because they're out of the home, they will still listen to us. And I want my child listening to me. Because, come on, gang, as much as those two boys up there don't want to hear this, I'm smarter than they are, okay? <laughs> and, and one day, they'll figure out, once they get out on their own, they'll figure out that Dad wasn't as dumb as he thought, they thought it, that Dad was. But I want them to continue to hear me and, and be respectful of what I, they may not, at 25, obviously, they may not choose to walk in that. But I want them to hear me. And I want them, at, when I'm, to my dying days, if I have something to say to them, I want them to be respectful of that. Instead of just saying, well, they're, they're out on their own now, and they can just parent any way they want to. And I'm, you know, what can I, no. I, I, I don't think I will ever. I will think I will ever relinquish the privilege of being a dad and the responsibilities of being a dad. My kids do not need a friend from me. I know the relationship changes. I get that. And as, as, it, as it gets older, it gets more of a friend thing. And maybe there's a certain age that the kids get that maybe we are more friends, like when they're like 55 and 60 or something like that. <laughs> My kids need a dad, and they need a mom in the fullest extent, fullest definition of that word. So, start off early, the verse says. What, what, what gets instilled early? What gets instilled? mistakes that a lot of us have made and we can overcome those but if we didn't do anything right it gets harder to overcome those please parents of young kids start early early what gets in there early seems to stay in there early but as we raise our kids let's don't be our own worst enemy let's not sabotage them or us let's be aware of my own ability to parent 
in a way that can discourage them or provoke them because I have my flesh and it can be about Mark instead of being about a loving dad. But be aware of their sinful nature, that they need correction and I just can't let them go. And I, I, I'm, I'm silly if I trust them in every little thing because they, and are, there's folly bound up in their heart. Respect is something that has to be taught early and has ramifications all through our society. And continue to be a dad and continue to be a mom to the day you die. And obviously that changes. I know that. But continue to speak into your kids' lives because I wish my dad was here so he could speak into my life. I'd probably listen a little more than I did when he was alive because I've learned some things. I've grown up. I've grown up. We talked about the sinful nature and it's impossible to deal with that throughout the born-again experience. And can I tell you, moms and dads, of all the things that are absolutely crucial to teach your kids, the absolute number one thing is to teach them about a right relationship with the Lord. There is nothing more important. I can teach my boys to say yes, sir, and no, ma'am, and respect their elders and be good employees and all of that, and all that's wonderful. But if I don't teach them about the most important thing, they won't be in heaven with me. There's one huge overarching thing that we're to teach. And that's how to be in a right relationship with the Lord. And that starts at, for youngins when they're young, and got a lot of youngins in here that have been six and seven and been in the baptistry and that's well and good my boys were there too but the whole there's a whole lot of teaching after that baptistry friends it's a whole lot of decisions they have to make after that baptistry and just because they got in the baptistry does not mean at 18 that they're in right relationship with the lord there's a lot of choices for them that they have to make and it's my job to guide and direct to counsel And to make sure that they're in the house of the Lord. Even if they are sitting in the balcony where they shouldn't be sitting. On the born again experience, that's because of Jesus' death. And we have to get to a point where our children no longer, they just don't accept the faith of mom and dad. They, they, they know they need newness in their life. They need new life themselves. And they have to come to grips with that themselves. And that's provided by Jesus the same way it's provided for us. And we had to come to the Lord and they have to come to the Lord. The night before Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And he broke it. And he said, this is my body that's been given for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. He says, this is the cup of the new covenant that's in my blood 
Do this whenever you drink it. Memory of me. Can I say something before I pray? <laughs> here's, a, here's a prime example of a sinful nature. And I'm really, really have to be cautious because pastors have to be cautious on using their children as examples. Very cautious. But here's a great example of sinful nature. They know they're not supposed to be up there. not for a lack of knowledge they're up there it's not for a lack of mom and dad telling them they're not supposed to be up there they want to do what they want to do so I owe y'all some money for using you as a good example back then. but maybe God was in that so I could use that as a good example maybe God made them go up there today what do you think about that <laughs> Lord Lord um, I spoke from my heart today, as, as, and hopefully spoke from your word as well. And um, this is a tough area because our kids are so, so precious and so, so close to us and such a tender area, and our, we have such strong opinions on child-rearing and all of that kind of stuff. And, and sometimes even when we get confronted with biblical truth, it's, sometimes it's easy for us to maybe get our back up a little bit. Lord, I pray that we would receive... What I said today is biblical truth. And if there's anything that I didn't say that was biblical truth and that was displeasing you, I just pray you to erase it from these folks' mind today and not allow them to get clogged up with that. And, but God, help us to um, help us not to be our own worst enemy and not to sabotage our own lives as we sabotage our kids' lives. Help us to do the very best we can. We'll never be perfect. We'll never do it right. We'll always need forgiveness. There's never been a perfect parent and so, God, I just pray in Jesus' name that you'll just help us to be mindful of the job that we have to do as parents. It's our duty. It's our privilege. These children are gifts from you. That we, we, are, we are stewards of them. And for a short time, we have heavy responsibility to, to start them off in the right way. And may we take some of the things that was said today and do that in Jesus' name. Amen.